0: Welcome to another podcast from Generations Church. We trust you will be encouraged today. All right. Well, let's just pray before we talk about uh, the Word of God this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you um, for today. And Lord, we thank you that you have brought us all to this place on purpose. And so this morning, I pray that as we talk and hear um, from your Word that you would just speak to us in whatever way and in whatever way we each need it pray that we would open our hearts to receive what you have to say to us today in Jesus name amen amen okay well we've been in a series called firsts and you can podcast look back if you have the iTunes podcast app or you can go um, onto our website and so today I decided that my message will be called First Things First. First Things First. And for me, personally, um, this concept of First Things First has really, really helped to shape and drive the decisions that I have made as an individual, as a wife, and especially as a mom. And so some years ago, God just sort of dropped in my heart you know, one thing at a time. First things first, and so when we when we put first things first in our life, for Pastor Travis and myself, putting the first things first has helped us grow a healthy church. It has helped us um, against statistics plant a church as a young couple with no money, no support, no uh, team, uh, and and easily we could have burnt out from that, or tried to busy ourselves, but God had already put in our heart first things first, and so we were able to build a healthy church culture, and we learned early on to put our family first, and to protect our relationship uh, with one another, and we didn't want to become a statistic with a failing church, and a broken marriage, and children that despised their parents, and worse, the church. So putting first things first has helped us To develop a marriage relationship that's exciting and passionate, as you'll hear Travis always say too much on a Sunday morning, kind and loving. Um, But we really have put our relationship first, and we do have a family. We have wonderful children who are growing in character and maturity. And um, again, in the first few years of our marriage, We had to learn some of that the hard way. We had to learn that there were important things and there were urgent things and there were emergencies, but we knew that we needed to figure out um, first things first, which things were regularly going to come first in our life. And so we learned early on to protect our time together as a family. And of course, um, even as I talk about other things today, we've not always done things perfectly. But most of the time, we, c- we can do things well because we've put first things first. So, you know, maybe this is more true for girls or moms, but over the years, I've noticed that people can get a little bit funny when they notice other people doing things well. So, you know, if you're at the gym um, and somebody's looking really great, it just kind of comes naturally to think it just comes so easy for them. You know, uh, yeah, they just have better, better genetics or, you know, they, they have more money. It's just so easy for them. They don't have to worry about what they eat, all of that. But we're not able to see all of the choices and the decisions um, and the disciplines that happen behind closed doors and the time that it may have taken that person to achieve those results. And so we often will make the assumption, like, it's just easier For other people. And you know, maybe it's somebody else's happy marriage or their well-behaved children. I wonder if you've ever sort of thought like that. Um, It's it's likely that in reality, it's not that it's easier for them than it is for you. It's most likely that they have better habits, better systems, um, better disciplines in their life. And over time, when you apply some of those habits, you would be able to see rewards as well. So the things we put first in our life, the priorities we make and the habits we form, those are the things that will shape us. They're the things that help us reach our goals, uh, maybe the goals we have for ourselves, or even help shape the life that we want. So in, in my life, for the last number of years it's been a habit at the beginning of the year i just crave spending some time with god and asking him god what do you have for me for this year what's my theme going to be you know i'm kind of a geek sometimes i like to journal and put things out but but i seek god thinking like okay there's got to be a theme and i need to i need it to make sense is it a bible verse is it a word i just spend some time trying to start the year with focus and so I'll do some journaling and some word studies and I'll write it on chalkboard and when we sit down at a meal I will be the geek that makes sure we talk about it and you know pray about it and and just sort of put it in front of us all the while I wish that my husband did that but also a long time ago the Holy Spirit had said to me you have the Holy Spirit he's speaking to you you do it and so the same can be for you So last year, we focused on you can be right and kind. And we did that all year long. God is righteous in all his ways and and kind. He's filled with kindness. But this year, um, our family's theme word is delight. Now, delight is not a word that we would normally use in our day-to-day life. In fact, it's a word that I have been known to annoy Travis with in the last few weeks. Like, just saying it too much and being like, oh, yeah, we're going to visit the neighbors tonight so that we can delight in the people around us. And he's just like, oh, my gosh. But, but because I have that in my mind, I'm making time for the neighbors once a week. And I just feel like God dropped that in my heart. So I'm the systems person. I'm going to make it happen. And I also can annoy people in my family. Uh, but when, you know, I had some ideas in my mind of what our year would be, but when God sort of shined the light for me on the word delight, all the pieces came together, and he showed me some of the areas that, that will work for our family to focus on this year. So in the Bible, or I mean in the dictionary, both are important, um, the word delight means a high degree of gratification or pleasure, joy, joy. And extreme satisfaction, something that gives great pleasure, giving enjoyment, contentment, gratification, and joy. And I think the tension in, in our society today is a lot of people in our in our culture, we don't understand necessarily where joy and gratification and contentment come from. And so we've been discussing that a little bit over the, the first series that you know, maybe people, even Christians, struggle with thinking that in order to find that kind of satisfaction in life, they just need all the stuff. And the Bible teaches us quite differently. So if you have your uh, Bible app out, one translation that I'm really enjoying reading is the Passion Translation. And it's just one of those translations that sort of has our day-to-day language in it. And so in Psalm Chapter 37, and verse 4 to 6, I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. Psalm 37, verse 4 to 6. Make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life, and he will provide for you what you desire the most. Give God the right to direct your life, and as you trust him along the way, you'll find he pulled it off perfectly. He will appear as your righteousness, as sure as the dawning of a new day. He will manifest as your justice, as sure and strong, as the noonday sun. You might recognize that first part of the verse, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So, in the Bible, I found it really interesting when I looked up the word delight, it didn't necessarily mean joy and satisfaction, but listen to this. In the Strong's Concordance, um, it means to be soft, delicate, and dainty. To be soft, and pliable. It can also, um, or the word desires doesn't mean like the things, the things you want, but it's actually more so talking about the requests and the petitions of your heart. The things you ask and inquire God for. So it's, it's not about the stuff. It's about the heart. And you know, it can be about the things that, that we're asking God for in our life. And if our heart is soft towards him, our prayers aren't all going to be, you know, God give me everything beautiful, fast, loud. That's the guy part. I tried to throw it in. It doesn't work for me. Beautiful, <laughs> pretty, <laughs> expensive. No, those aren't, those aren't really the, the petitions of our heart. There's things in our heart that we desire that, that line up with what God says, especially when we soften, soften ourselves to him. So, you know, I, re- I can read that, and my translation would say, keep your heart soft before God. Keep it pliable, and he will provide for you. He'll provide what your heart is continually bringing before the Lord. Keep your heart soft and pliable. Make him the utmost delight and pleasure of your life. And he'll provide for you what you desire the most. So if you take notes, my first point is delight in the Lord. Delight in the Lord. And I want to encourage you and challenge you today because there is no replacement for time with the Lord. There is no replacement. We were designed for relationship with him. And, you know, it doesn't have to look like a religious thing. It doesn't have to look like what it looks like for somebody else. But I'm telling you that if you make an adjustment in your life today, if you put time with the Lord, one of the first priorities, one of the first things in your life, and you begin to spend time with him throughout the week, you'll begin to feel closer to God. You'll begin to hear his voice. He will meet with you. He'll begin to speak with you. And the Bible will begin to make sense to you. I remember the first time... I, I decided that, you know, I was going to spend time with God those first few weeks and months even. I had no idea what I was reading. What I would usually do is just turn to the back of my big Bible and read words that I wanted to know about. And it was even in those moments that God just began to speak to my heart. Even though I, I really didn't know what I was doing, my intention was to learn about him. And, and this needs to be a first in our life. It's something that we can easily make an adjustment, however it needs to look for us. And so for me, I find that I, the habits I have in my life weren't something that one year I just decided, oh, I'm going to do all these things. I'm, I'm a creature of habit and routine, and I find for me, I just need to do the same thing over and over, and then it's not too hard to add another thing. You know, I put my keys in the exact same spot every time because I lose them. Um, for reading the Bible. Maybe, maybe you drink your coffee and you read your Bible. We just need to start one somewhere, one thing. Maybe you start by reading one verse, the, the uh, verse of the day in the Bible app. Before you know it, you're going to be reading two verses. So the things that, that I have sort of created as a habit, sometimes someone just said, this is what I do. And I thought, well, I'm going to start doing that. You know, one of the first things I do when I open my eyes is I talk to God. My eyes are open, I lay there, and I think, okay, hi, God. Here I am. You want to speak to me today? I'm listening. Um, help me to be a better mom when my kids are driving me crazy. Whatever I need to say it's the first thing I do. Maybe it's less than two minutes, you know? But ever since I decided that, now i have this pattern of something that i do first and and then uh, a couple of years ago a friend said to me yeah what i do is um before i get out of bed i grab my bible and i turn to proverbs and there's 31 verses in proverbs and there's you know 28 to 31 days in a month so whatever day of the month it is that's the proverb i read and i thought well i'm going to do that that's easy it's not enough for me i've learned i wanted more but that was something I could add so now I have that habit for years and so the things that we put first will shape us and it doesn't have to be that tricky but I realized that rather than first turning to the Bible I had a habit of turning to social media and so maybe you're like me in that way and I thought that's not first in my life and I don't want it to appear that way or be that way Nothing wrong with social media, but I'm not doing it first. And so we can do those kind of adjustments, spending time with God. The other um, habit that I didn't realize had become a habit is that I would open my email before talking to God, before reading my Bible, and I I just felt the stress of all of the things that I had to take care of and all of my responsibilities. And I found as soon as I could discipline myself myself, to not do those things first, I I felt the peace of God over over the things that I had to do. So I don't know what it will be for you, but I believe that God wants to speak to each one of us today and make some adjustments in our in our first because sometimes those little habits sneak up on us, don't they? And we don't even realize that now it now it is something that we do. Um, so again, ever since I was 18 years old, I made a commitment to spend time with the Lord every morning. I need to do it in the morning because if I don't, other things take the place of that. So, depending on the season of life, it's meant, you know, getting up at six o'clock before the kids, or um, finding a finding a place after they were off to school. But I need time with the Lord, and we all do. Uh, and so many times in the Bible, there's plenty of verses about people rising up early to meet with God. And even in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. And I think some, sometimes we just have our excuses about why, why some of those things don't happen in our life. You know, it's easier for them. But we need to be able to change our habits and so again the habits we have today will shape who we become tomorrow so the question I have is do you like the direction your habits are taking you do you like the direction your habits are taking you where do you spend time with the Lord when do you spend time with the Lord how do you spend time with the Lord doesn't matter Maybe you're a coffee person. Maybe you're a blast the music while you're driving a work person. Pray on the way to work. Just make it a priority in your life. Psalm chapter 46 verse 4 says, God has a constantly flowing river whose sparkling streams bring joy and delight to his people. His river flows right through the city of God most high into his holy dwelling places. Psalm 63 verse 2, I'm energized every time I enter your heavenly sanctuary, to seek more of your power and drink in more of your glory? Have you ever needed to be energized? You know, I'm energized. Some habits we do make our shake in the morning. It energizes us. Go to the gym. It it energizes us. But the Bible says I'm energized every time I enter your sanctuary. Psalm 63, verse 6 to 7. I've loved this verse over the last number of weeks because I really wanted to create time in our family. So, you know, for the kids and whatnot, I see the gifts on their life. And I thought I want to create these spaces where this can be true for them. I lie awake each night thinking of you and reflecting on how you help me like a father. I sing through the night under your splendor shadow, offering up to you my songs of delight and joy. With passion, I pursue and cling to you because I feel your grip on my life I keep my soul close to your heart. And I do find my kids, you know, singing at night or doing whatnot because we've intentionally put worship in front of them. They spend time at church. They spend time on their own. They spend time listening to music. But if that could be the cry of our heart, like, God, let let me lay there thinking of, of your goodness and and just singing about you, offering up my songs of delight, I think it's so beautiful. And when I think of the kids, I think we went into it a little, and we probably will still, but God has put us in place as stewards of people. And so I was, I was thinking about that, you know, in our work, in our neighborhood, and in our family, we're stewards. Maybe you have a family, maybe you want one one day. I was thinking of something about family that made my heart a little bit sad. I was thinking about parenting and not specifically anybody that I know, just parents in general. And I was thinking about parenting in this generation and in our city. And and I, I was thinking of Christian parents and probably parents that, you know, even bring their their kids to church once in a while if not every week. And and I thought of our life and parenting and I thought how easy it is to have the desire to invest in a good education for our kids. I know many people, you know, their kids are in a school of choice or an academy, and and they're able to invest there. Uh, maybe they're inconvenienced because their child needs a different school, so they drive them uh, maybe to a further away school or pay more money. We chauffeur our kids around for all of their activities, and we want the best for their life. So really, it is easy to invest in those things. And... You know, maybe you're like me and there was a sale at school and you bought a sweatshirt that cost more than it should have because it had had the school logo on it and it was cool and everybody had one and so maybe you pay for entertainment, you take them skiing or you take them to the movies. We do put a lot of time and money into those things and then I was thinking about how many parents have bought their teenager or in some cases their children a phone and some of those Kids have newer and nicer phones than most of you here do today. Uh, yeah. In most cases, buying a phone, just it, it seemed necessary to the parent. It, whether they needed them to be safe walking from the bus or when they were away, they, they had a reason that had to do with their child being safe and being able to get a hold of them in an emergency or something like that. So Hanson kids, just so you know, when you're not with your dad and I, we don't want you to get a hold of us. That's why you don't have a phone. We, emergency, schmergency, it doesn't matter. Okay. We just, just stay away. We don't want you to get a hold of us. I'm just kidding. I have other reasons, though. So anyway, um, I thought, well, it was a couple of things that made me think this, but I thought, I wonder how many of those parents who've bought those things, and a phone in particular, how many of them have bought their teenager a Bible? You know, maybe the kids had one when they were little and you had story time, but do they have one now? Do your kids have an appropriate Bible that helps them get excited about reading God's Word? And what made me think of that is my boys came to me not too long ago, and they, they have a habit of having a quiet time with the Lord and reading their Bible, and sometimes I have to encourage them to do that, but we've created margin in our time because we wanted to see that habit built for them while they were young. Uh, But the boys came to me and they said, Mom, we don't like our Bible anymore. It's just kind of young. And Jaikin was eyeing up the Bibles that we gave away for graduation to some of the grade 12 students. And I was like, oh, Jaikin, you might have to wait. Don't judge me. Like, (laughs) I was like, you know, Jaikin, you probably have to wait till grade 12. Those are expensive. And I'm thinking, like, there are 100 bucks a piece, and there's two of you and 200 bucks. Like, you're in grade 9, wait till you're in grade 12. But as I was thinking about that this week, um, I, I had to think for a minute, because the football camp that cost $100 a person was going to happen, you know? And so $200 for the boys to go to football camp, but not $200 for a Bible... And I think sometimes we just don't put those first things first. So that's my kick to myself. (laughs) Heart check though, right? So is time with the Lord something you've made first, something you've made important, reading your Bible? And is it something that you're being a good steward of raising your children? It energizes us. It brings us joy and delight and satisfaction. And those habits will help us through our life. I know sometimes things just get away on us and we need to make a change. And it's those changes and those habits that that help us become the person that we want to be. So maybe for you, it's one one change you can do. Like I said, one, one habit that you can start. Another habit I built on was praying with the kids. And I was just finding it difficult. And so uh, maybe someone mentioned it to me. But now every time that we get in the vehicle, we pray first. I'm not DJing your favorite songs. And now they're so irritating to me, always wanting like road trip songs. Those are road trip songs. We're just going to town. You don't get to pick the music. But anyways, we pray first. And my kids are growing up with that as a natural thing. I grew up in a Christian home that we didn't read our Bibles And we didn't pray together. there just wasn't a habit. And so we get to start new. So number one was delight in the Lord. Number two, delight in your spouse. What's the difference between love and marriage? Love is blind and marriage is an (laughs) eye-opener. So, you know, this can be a hard one. Because there are days when... Uh, maybe we don't find any joy in our spouse. But we can see what the Bible says. You know, the book of the Bible that rarely gets read in church. And I'll only read one verse of it because many things can still make me blush. So in the Passion Translation, Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 16, I know my lover is mine, and I have everything in you, for we delight ourselves in each other. And so... This version just really resonated with me, of course, because delight. (laughs) But I thought as I was praying and spending time with God, like, I can, I'm going to take this on. I want to delight in my spouse. And God wants for you the kind of marriage where you can delight in each other, the kind of relationship where you can find satisfaction in each other and not just under the sheets. You ever been to the Chinese food restaurant? You open your fortune cookie, and then you say, under the sheets, and it makes it extra funny. Now I'm going to be annoyed by my children's giggling every time we go for Chinese food. Okay, so we can have the type of marriage relationship that gives great pleasure and enjoyment, and you may be here, and you don't feel like you have that kind of relationship, But there is hope. I want you to hear that today. And if you came here looking for hope in your marriage, you need to know that you can turn things around. God can, and he will. He can heal broken trust. He can heal broken hearts. He can soften hearts. He can make things new. There are a number of people that attend Generations Church that can testify to the miracle that God has done in their marriage. So keep hope. And keep putting God first and keep trusting him and believing and praying for a marriage like God designed. And while you do that, you can still create habits that put your spouse first. So before the children, before the dishes, before your career, before your video games, before all of those things, your spouse can be first. And you can pray and ask God how to show you to put your spouse first because the Holy Spirit is our helper And he'll show us how we can delight in our spouse and how we can put them first. And so maybe there's things you already know you could do and you just haven't wanted to. So I thought, yeah, I'm gonna up my game this year and I'm just, I'm gonna make a conscious effort once a week to do something. And I don't think Travis would actually know. Like he probably wouldn't notice and I think sometimes we get discouraged well, I've done it two times and nothing changed. I'm not looking for change. I just wanna, I want to love on him in a in a greater way. I want God to show me how to delight in each other. So, um, I'm gonna take it upon myself this year to focus on that relationship. And I thought, yeah, I know, if I I can think of a few areas that I can put some effort into. You know, people they don't really mean to, but over the years, there's things that slip away or get forgotten about or pushed to the side. So you, you can do something. Sometimes you just have to do something. Whatever that is for you. Make a meal, write a note, send a text. Um, first, there's practical things that we can do to put our spouse first and those habits that we create. So the older Travis gets, the earlier he wakes up. And it's so annoying because he's super loud. Like he crashes around. He, he tries not to... He takes the coffee grinder, covers it with a blanket, goes into the laundry room, but I still hear him. Um, So he's up before me most times because I'm normal and I like to sleep till six or seven even. So um, anyways, the first thing that I do, and I've been doing this for years, is I find him. The first thing, you know, if I'm going to come down the stairs, I find him and I kiss him and I say good morning. And it wasn't always that way. And I think there might have been a number of years, especially early on, where our first interactions were grumpy. It's the first thing I do when he comes home at night, walks in the door in the evening, I get up from where I'm sitting, and I go and I give him a kiss. And I'm not saying I'm always perfect, but most of the time, that's my habit. And just an idea somebody gave me, I thought, that's how I can put him first, and now Now I have years of that. We have a habit of going to bed together. We have a habit of eating meals together. We have a habit of spending time together. So it can be really practical. um, And I want to encourage you just to do something because having a healthy marriage, a healthy relationship, takes time and effort, but the Holy Spirit will help you be a better spouse. So first things first. Delight in your spouse. The next one is delight in the house of the Lord. Habits and decisions ahead of time are what shape who we are. So our small routines make a big difference in who we become and what our life looks like. In Psalm chapter 27, verse 4, in the New Living Translation, it says, The one thing I ask the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. And many years ago, um, even before we were married, Travis and I decided that, you know, we made the decision that we would go to church every single week. We have never once in our marriage woken up on a Sunday morning and said, are we going to church today? It's a decision we made before we were pastors It's a decision we made when we made Jesus the Lord of our life. That didn't change when we were young adults and we were working hard or staying up all night. It didn't change when um, we had kids and and they were up all night or uh, teething. It didn't change when their nap time was church o'clock. Happens all the time. Nap time is always church o'clock. Doesn't matter what church you go to. It's hard to get to church. But we had made that decision ahead of time. And so we, we didn't ever have to ask or wonder. Is there a habit in your life to go to church? Do you go to church early and serve? Our family, my kids have never, ever said, are we going to church today? They've never said, are we going to church early today? They come, they serve And they get great delight and satisfaction from being in the house of the Lord. Let that simple decision guide your decision-making process and what your family is involved in and how you spend your time, and I guarantee you will never regret it. Because we had made that decision, it wasn't so hard to decide, should the girls be in competitive dance? should the boys be in this particular sport? Because we had already put something first. So it was easy not to allow something else to take that space. And I encourage you to delight in the house of the Lord and put that as a first in your life. Attending church is one of the first that will change your life. I know because I was a child whose family let church become a question. I played uh fastball in the summers, and my brother played different things. So it, it was on Sunday, and the question became, are we going to church? And soon the habit became, we don't go to church. And, and it just snuck in like that. First Chronicles nine three. moreover in my delight in the house of God, the treasure I have of gold and silver, I give to the house of my God, over and all that I have already proved for the Holy Temple. When we delight in God's house, we can easily return our tithes to him. It's not ours anyway, and we've talked about that, and we'll continue to talk about that in this series. He entrusts it to us, and he asks us to return 10% to his house. He asks us to be generous over and above that. Let this be the first thing you do when you get paid. Let it be your first fruit. The first dollar that you spend can be your tithe, not after, not how much you see, uh, not when you see how much is left, but first. Not after you give some to World Vision or Compassion or your favorite missionaries. First, the tithe is first. And there was a time in our life when giving 10% was not a habit and we certainly didn't understand the concept of first we've always shared the value of generosity and giving but we did not understand the principle of first and as soon as that rang true in our hearts everything changed there was no oops there was no need for discussion we decided to make it first and it's been our habit for many years Um, i want to encourage you if you Struggle in that area at all. Read the book Beyond Blessed by Pastor Robert Morris. It is life giving. He takes complicated things and makes them simple. Um, It is Bible. It will change your life. And I recommend, I recommend you do it. So we've had that habit for years. We don't have to ask on payday, Are we tithing? We just have a system. We have a habit. We don't have to spend that money on something else. It's what happens first. And what an amazing opportunity that God would trust us with his resources and allow us to partner with him. I just marvel at that, that God would say, I'm trusting you with this, and you get to be a part of it. You get to be a part of building and growing a local church. You get to be a part of people's salvation story, people coming to know the Lord. The local church is the hope of the world, and it allows us, tithing allows us to be part of that. The last point I have is delight in the work of your hands. In Proverbs chapter 31, verse 13, she searches out continually to possess that which is pure and righteous. She delights in the work of her hands. When I read that verse, um, I didn't just think, oh, that Proverbs 31 woman, she's such a hard worker, she never stops. I thought, man, when is the last time I did something that I really enjoy. Like, when is the last time I did sort through my pictures and things that I really love? It has been a long time that I've delighted in the things that my hand finds to do. How often do I choose to spend time doing something that brings me extreme satisfaction? And so I think we need to understand today that we need to take time to delight in the work of our hands. Create space and margin in your life so that you can enjoy the things that you do. We need to take time to take care of us. When is the last time that you put you first? And, and do you have a habit of taking care of you? What does that look like? Think about the last time you were on an airplane and the flight attendants are getting ready for takeoff and they're moving around and they're fussing and they're checking the seat belts and making sure you turn off your iPad or something, um, unplug your headphones, and, and then they begin their speech or they press the audio recording, or even worse, if you're on a big plane, they interrupt your movie so they can play the, the announcements. But um, specifically, the flight attendant instructs you about the oxygen mask, right? And what are we to do? We're to put our own oxygen mask on first before helping others. Because if you run out of oxygen, you can't help anyone else with their mask. And so I think it's an important picture for us that we're running around and taking care of everything and everyone except ourselves. That's not going to work. We need to delight in the work of our hands. We need to delight in the house of the Lord. We need to delight in our spouse, and delight in the, wor- in the Lord. I want to read that verse in Psalm 37 one more time as, as we're finishing up. And the worship team can come up and join me. Usually how we end the service is we just sing one more song and we ask God to speak to us during that time. And, and um, God wants to speak to each one of us. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. He convinces us of our sin. He helps us. He encourages us. He wants to speak to each one of us. Psalm chapter 37 verse 4 to 6 again. Make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life and he will provide for you what you desire the most. Give God the right to direct your life and as you trust him along the way you'll find he pulled it off perfectly He will appear as your righteousness, as sure as the dawning of a new day. He will manifest as your justice, as sure and strong as the noonday sun. Make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life, having a soft heart that's pliable to the Lord. Let's just stand together. I want to ask you, Do you you have the first things first in your life? Is the Holy Spirit putting his finger on any of the things we spoke about today? And if you find that you're here and your soul is just not satisfied, I want to ask you, have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? Is Jesus first in your life? God gave his first, his one and only, his son for us, that we could have everlasting life. He loved us so much while we were yet sinners, he sent Jesus. And so I wonder if your soul's not satisfied, if you'd be willing to make Jesus the Lord of your life today. Have you given him the right to direct your life? Verse 5, give God the, the right to direct your life. If you want to put your trust in him and allow him to be the boss of your life, you can do that today. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to us today? that you would speak to us and show us if there's a habit that's holding us back show us if there's a habit that we need to create in our life speak Lord thank you for joining us in another podcast from Generations Church if you enjoyed listening today please subscribe to our podcast channel to get a new one each week for additional information or to partner with us please check out our website at www.genchurch.ca